Hey, how's it going? It's your man, Christopher the Rupal. And if you're hearing this, you're probably like, oh, wait, why is there a weird intro here? Well, uh, before Drunken Book Club became what it is now, where we get drunk, talk about kids' books, and other such things, the original Drunken Book Club was this style and format, where I used to read, like, almost like five books, like three to five books in a month. And I wanted to talk about them, but I was very... What's the word? Uh, shy? Didn't think I was like smart enough to actually talk about these books without getting drunk first and having a jovial time about it. So this is where the this incarnation of Drunken Book Club is. There's about a couple handfuls of the handful uh, of these episodes. I think they're fun. I did not want to get rid of them when we became Drunken Book Club. Uh, originally speaking of which, um, so here it is enjoy and these are the new socials dbc underscore pod for the twitter account and our new patreon is patreon.com slash drunken book club think about supporting us it it may uh improve further stuff yada 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 okay uh bye I am your crypt keeper, Christopher the Ripple. Or I've strangled him more like it. I... Um, no, that's, that's that's not it at all. I, I, hey, hey, welcome back to... Uh, speaking of which, Drunken Book Club Edition, Volume 3. Yes, that's right. We're doing this. We're continuing this. Sorry, I had to stir my... My delicious Irish up coffee. I'm doing this one a little earlier than usual, so yeah. I'll I'll just explain it now. Unfortunately, I recorded one. It went great. I did it a week ago. Uh, the thing is, whenever I do these, I, I whenever I record, we I usually edit like almost a week later. And unfortunately, the weirdest thing happened with the audio. Like it's. If you listen to Butthole Surfers, it sounded like something they would have made. Like, close to the... Like, it was at, like, the 50-minute mark. It started, like, making this, like, very... Kind of like a like, very electronic distorted sound to it. I don't know. It sounded weird. I almost wanted to save it and, like, remix it or something. So, this is, unfortunately, a re-recording. I did find out early enough, so I, I am probably not going to be repeating jokes. I'm not getting as drunk as I was last week. I'm gonna tell you, I was very drunk last week, so it might be might be a positive that I'm not that drunk. So my pre-game, so let me get started with my pre-gaming drink, was a was yet again another Diet Dr Pepper, but this time I mixed it with cinnamon whiskey and and uh, vanilla vodka, making a kind of a almost a holiday-ish drink, you know, pre pre like that, that's more of like a Christmas drink I think, like. It, I wouldn't say it tasted like the holidays, but it's probably what the holidays sound like. It tastes like. Yes, I think you're correct. I am the Crypt Keeper. Why are you back, Crypt Keeper? I didn't ask for you to come back yet. You come back when I talk about the books. No, fair enough. But I'll be back. Yeah, I said you'd be back. Why? God, this motherfucker. I'm just going to take a drink. And then the drink I'm having right now is a I've, I've kind of made an irish coffee that's not so irish 
I made an instant coffee. Yeah, I know. I'm. I was like in a rush, and I didn't want to put in extra cream or anything. And so I got a Trader Joe's um, instant coffee, which they are actually really good. They're really good for trips. Like, you get, like, a little styrofoam cup, fill that sucker up with uh, hot water, you got yourself a really pretty decent cup of coffee, if you like it sweet. Um, but, yeah, I, I put one of those inside my Toe Jam and Earl cup, which I, I need to post a picture of this. I've never posted a picture of it. It's my absolute favorite coffee cup, but um, I digress. So I mixed this with a little bit of Kahlua and a little bit of vanilla vodka, kind of kind of giving it, like, a, a nice coffee, extra, like, sweet coffee taste. It, it's pretty fucking good. Oof, strong though. Even though I barely added any, ba barely added any Kahlua, I can really taste the Kahlua in there. Kahlua is a very strong, very strong drink. <laughs> but I digress. So that that's my drinks for this week. Crypt Keeper, go ahead and tell the viewers what books that I read, not you, because we're two different people, aren't we? Most definitely we are. <laughs> Did you, did you die? I, I think he choked on his own phlegm. Shit! We were gonna, we were gonna have a great time together. I fooled you! I'm the Crypt Keeper! I'm going to be drinking golden day! <laughs> oh, the books you read were R.L. Stein's The Beach House. Tales to give you goosebumps, special edition number one. Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors, Dead Man's Jest, and also the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors from Beyond the Grave as well. You also read My Friend Dahmer, R.L. Stein's Jest Beyond, and Meddling Kids. Oh, and did I forget to mention the goosebumps? Horrifying. Graphic stories. That's right, kitties. They're in graphic novel form, and he read all four of them. Because he's a fucker. You, you did not need to add that last part where I was a fucker. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking. So, yes, if you don't want any spoilers for the books that were mentioned, rewind it and just be like, oh, I don't want to hear that. I'm not putting any timestamps, so just be warned. I mean, the only the newest book of this is R.L. Stein's Just Beyond, which is a graphic novel he wrote. There's not much to spoil on that one. I'll just say that up front. <clears throat> so the first one I read this this month was R.L. Stein's The Beach House. It's one of his young adult novels. I like reading young adult novels. Uh, I I think I've said that before. Like I'll read regular books and shit like that, but I have a liking. For young adult horror books, you know, stuff by Christopher Pike, by R.L. Stein, you know, and the like. Because it's it's trash. It's it's like slasher movies. You know, or like the stereotypical feeling of a slasher movie. It's just that gross like it's it's not good for you, but you can't help but love it. Ooh, I love them so much. I just wanna keep reading them and reading them, but oh, I got a big old pile of books over there that I need to read. God damn it, I want to read more. <sighs> Calm down, overly excitable reading goblin. Orc. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry to call you a goblin. Damage. There are, there's just gonna be so many fucking characters this episode. I'm sorry. They they wanted to come join me. I, I couldn't I couldn't help that. I couldn't say no. I'm a nice guy like that. Yo, if you want to be on the podcast, drop me a line at sow underscore podcast on Twitter or email me. No, just contact me through Twitter at that or at the underscore Rupal. Contact me. I'll get you on. Like legit. I'll give you a date and time. If it works out for you, sweet. If it doesn't. There's more dates. By the watch, watch the Adams Family movie. It's it's good. The, the new one. It's if you like if you like vaudeville humor. But I digress yet again. Holy crap! I'm like what five minutes in. I still haven't even talked about the first book. So the Beach House. It, it came out in 1992, the August of. So it literally was a month after. The first Goosebumps books were released. The first three. I know, I know so much about Arlstein. I'm so cool like that. I'm <laughs> gonna drink some white coffee. Ooh, that's strong. I did not... I, I actually purposely made that weak. But The Beach House is an interesting example of why I'm not the biggest fan of his young adult work. Like, Fear Street, there's a lot of hit and miss books. But a lot of his young adult stuff is good. Like, I love The Girlfriend. I love Blind Date. Uh, the Babysitter is really freaking good. But this one is just an example of just... Meh. And it could just be because it's kind of in that era of... Of just, you know, it's him, like, getting ready to just starting to make more child-friendlier books. You know, with goosebumps and all. But, like, I don't know what it was about The Beach House I didn't really like. But I'll tell you. It had a good twist ending. I'm not gonna give it away, because I do actually, I, I do recommend picking this one up. It had a really good twist ending. Um, you can find this one on eBay for like four to five bucks. It's worth the price. It's it's a cheap book you can find. I got mine at Bookman's like I usually do. Uh, if you live in Tucson, you know what this is. But if you live out of Arizona, uh, it's it's a used bookstore that's really fucking awesome that sells a lot of shit. Overly. That they fucking charge so much extra for a lot of shit. Except for young adult books. Good on them on that. But the beach house, the characters are bland and boring. Uh, it, <clears throat> it takes place in two different time periods. It takes place in the summer of, I want to say it's 57 or 67. It's like this, it's 57, I think. And then modern time, aka 1992. And they, like the first couple chapters are really pounding in, hey, this is this time period. Get it? Oh, we're gonna see that new flick, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Y'all wanna join? Oh no, I got a date with another guy. Oh, it's 1992. I have a fucking MTV beach towel. That dude over there kinda looks like Vanilla Ice. That's what makes him hot. Yeah, no. It, it kind of was trying to drill that into you. A little too hard but I digress do I recommend the beach house no it's it's a story of murder and macabre of kind of a murder mystery to it that's really obvious from the start who's conducting all these but how they're conducting it is probably the best twist of the book I'm just gonna say it kind of has a little bit of a a, a sci-fi element with a mist 
a sci-fi mystical element to it that I think is pretty freaking cool. Like, that's the only thing that makes this book kind of worthwhile, is the whole kind of sci-fi twist to it. But I, I don't recommend it unless you're really... If you're a fan of young adult novels, a young adult horror, I would recommend it. It's, it's got a good twist. You'll enjoy the bad characters because they are bad characters. They are hilariously bad, which... Depending on how you feel about that kind of stuff. You'll love it or hate it. It is just dependent on you. I think you're missing the point, Chris. Or the Ruble, or whatever the fuck you're called. Night manager for all I fucking care. But you missed the point. The beach house was not about that. It was about the bodies. Nobody asked you for your opinion, Crypty. I'm cryptic! God, get the fuck out, man. You know, this is an audio podcast, and you're fucking bugging me. You're going to love editing the parts with my voice, because I'm gravelly and disgusting. Mm -hmm. Where's Charlie Adler when I need him? <sighs> so, Beach House, I don't really recommend. But Tales to Give You Goosebumps was the next one I read. But Tales to Give You Goosebumps... Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not in the mood to read a full Goosebumps book this year. I tried to read at least one Goosebumps, one to two Goosebumps books during the Halloween time. Last year, I read like three and a bunch, like almost a, a ton of his like young adult horror stuff. But, you know, I was like, you know what? I don't think I can really, I'm really in the mood to read like just all the BSing. Like, if, if you want to know about, like, the complaints about Goosebumps books, listen to Goosebutts. It's a great podcast with three really funny and entertaining guys, which that reminds me. I need to pick up that I like reading almost as much as I like fucking shirt or whatever it is. It's funny. Dom Mesquite or Paperback Paradise, whatever you want to say, call it fucking amazing. But uh, I digress yet again. So, Tales to Give You Goosebumps is a, a collection of short stories written by R.L. Stein. I'm putting those in quotes. Um, but these are some pretty interesting ones. So, what, what, what the stories are are The House of No Return, Teacher's Pet, Strained Peas, Strangers in the Woods, Good Friends, How I Won My Bat, Mr. Teddy, Click, Broken Dolls, and A Vampire in the Neighborhood. I'm going to give quick descriptions and whether they're good stories. House of No Returns. Shitty club wants new member, falls for trap on Halloween night. Funny twist ending, besides that, bad story. Teacher's pet. Kids get new teacher, turns out he's a snake. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, hot dog, hot dog. That one was bad. That one was just bad all around. Strained peas. Baby, babies are bad, but when you find out they're not actually your siblings, they're even worse. Watch the TV episode, it's fucking hilarious. Also, fuck you, whoever's out there with that shit. Uh, strangers in the Woods. Boy visits Grandma. There's some weird things happening with Grandma and in the woods. Could it be Amy-ims? This one's actually a pretty decent one, I... It's pretty good. I don't want her to spoil too much. Good friends. Boy picks on sister for having imaginary friends, but his older brother, or his friend's older brother, makes fun of him 
Uh-oh. What's the twist ending? That one had a good twist ending. I hope I didn't give it away. I probably gave it away, but that one has a good twist ending to it. I won my bet. Kid gets baseball bat that has magical powers that makes him, like, best hitter ever. Wants to keep bat. Bad stuff happened. Twilight Zone ending. I like the ending because it made me fucking laugh. Mr. Teddy. Stop being a brat. You know what? No, Mr. Teddy is literally just, uh, what's it called? Night of the Living Dummy, but with a teddy bear. I'm going to leave it at that. Except it was shorter, so that really made it better. Click. Like the movie, but worse. Broken dolls. My brother's getting sick because he touched a doll. Is it because he's becoming a doll? That one was actually pretty well written. I think that one could have actually been a full book. A vampire in the neighborhood. New kid looks gothy. Is she a vampire? That one had a good twist ending. I'm just going to say that. Uh, yeah, All in all... Tales to give you goosebumps. If you're feeling nostalgic, but don't want to read a full Goosebumps book, pick this up, because, uh, you, I mean, you get bite-sized Goosebumps. This is what it is. It's bite-sized Goosebumps. Oh, and if you don't have Netflix to watch Goosebumps in general, <laughs> this is a good one to, to read. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> uh, but, personally, I, I mean, I said I didn't like a lot of these stories. I still had a fun time reading them, because they are chintzy silly funny ideas that are just without a doubt just just they are at their roots just really good little goosebump stories that some of these could have been full freaking stories but i can understand why they're not because well i mean some of them aren't that good strained peas fuck off also you know click could have been a cool book i mean they made an episode on that one fuck that fat kid's funny. I think, wasn't he the same kid who played Skipper in the freaking... Someone looked that up. I'm not gonna fucking... Nah, I'm not even gonna bother with that shit. So should I keep up with the kid stuff? Or should I... You know, I'm gonna save my more adult ones for the end. So I started off with the young adult. I'm gonna keep up with the kid stuff. So I'm gonna talk about some more R.L. Stein. Or I'm just gonna begin this whole podcast with R.L. Stein. So I'm gonna go ahead and talk about... R.L. Stein's Just Beyond. It's a new graphic novel from Kaboom Comics. Uh, don't know Kaboom? Look them up. They actually have really good licensed stuff and some pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting IPs. So Boom is technically, or Kaboom is was originally Boom. They have a lot of licensed stuff. You know, Adventure Time, Angel, the Steven Universe, Ben 10 Comics, Big Trouble in Little China, Bill and Ted. They got a lot of that stuff, and then they also have like. Bodhi Troll, Black Badge, and a lot of other original ideas. Uh, man, I know, I'm literally reading stuff off their website. <laughs> but they have a lot of really cool stuff. They really do. Um, I'm not going to let this... I, I, I have read a couple other stuff. I do own the their run of the Planet of the Apes comic. And they also did this one called... Uh, it's not. It was a Star Wars parody in more of a fantasy realm. But... Frick, I can't remember what it's called. It's in my comic pile. But, you know, they, they, they're a pretty cool studio. You know, pretty cool stuff. They, they've done a lot of cool stuff. And this was, uh, they were just like, I, I, I'm guessing they just were like, yo, what up, RL? Would you want to make a comic book for us? And I don't know if this was released, like, comic by comic, or if this was just released as a trade paperback. I think it was just released as a trade paperback. Uh, Ten bucks. 
if you're if you if you have a kid who you know kind of wants like more comic books but you're kind of wary of getting them certain ones you know batman's too violent superman's too real swamp thing is just they're just not ready for swamp thing and archie he's handling the undead this is a good one for all ages like it's got some scares in there that are legitimately kind of creepy and pretty good for like a kid and, you know, fuck. I'm just going to say it up front. There's a monster they have in this that's like a robotic monster. What is it called? Drog. It is one of the best designs monsters. Shout out to Kelly and Nicole Matthews. You two did an amazing job with the art on this on this graphic novel. I'm curious to see how much their input was in this. But this was a pretty neat little story. Like, it... I don't want to. I don't want to give it away because it's really new. Like it literally just came out this year, I think. Yeah, this came out this year. Uh, all in all, I recommend it for kids. As an adult reader, I wouldn't say it's the it's a good bo good book in my opinion. But for a kid, they will love it. It is some good spooky moments. I think they should be able to do a book report on graphic novels. That's my opinion. Personal opinion should be taken serious sometimes, but not always. This is one of those times they should be. I agree with you. This book is good for the kitties. But don't tell mommy and daddy. No, tell mommy and daddy because they need to buy it for them. Because kids don't have money. Some kids do. When I was a kid, I didn't have money. My parents gave me like a $2 allowance. That's because you were poor. I wasn't that poor, damn it. You are poor. Okay, I was pretty poor. And I remember that one time I wasted my money on a fucking Scooby-Doo game for the Game Boy Advance. Fucking stupid, Chris. Stupid, stupid. It's okay, madam. Okay. Okay, back to normal. But I, I recommend Just Beyond for the kid audience. Let I mean, kids shouldn't be listening to this. Adults should be. But if you have a kid who's like, I'm interested in reading comics. And you know that they like horror stuff. This is a good one for them. There's not a lot of kid horror books out there. So I feel like this is a good one for them. I know Ed Eric Powell, the creator of uh, Hillbilly and the Goon, has been actually writing a lot of like kiddie horror books. I also recommend his stuff as well. I haven't read it myself, but I know there's a lot of stuff he's been doing recently that kind of has the good horror stuff. But there's not a lot of... like The genre of kid comic horror isn't very big. Hell, even just horror comics in general. Like, I mean, there are a lot of horror comics out there. Go listen, go look up Linkara on YouTube. He's got a really good series in October called Long Box of the Damned, talking about just horror comics. His character sounds like me, but lamer. No, he's pretty cool. Just don't, don't. I'll admit, I like Linkara. A lot of people will judge me for probably saying I like Linkara, but that's because I like comic books, so it's 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 it's, it's a genre savvy kind of thing, you know. Shout out to Linkara, he's cool. But you know, I feel like Just Beyond was a good comic for kids. Would I recommend it for an adult? No. I personally didn't like it that much. I I think the art was probably the best part of it. I think the artist yet again, a shout out to Kelly and Nicole. They they both are really good artists on this one, and they deserve the most credit on making this one worthwhile for me. The writing was just a little too over overdone to me, and it felt very R.L. Stein. If 
I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, as an adult, it probably doesn't make sense, but it should. Arl Stein, he's a good writer for kids, but not for adults. Young adult on the other. I do like his young adult stuff, so I mean, there is that. Just Beyond, good for the kiddies, not for an adult. So let us continue our journey with the rest of the R.L. Stein gang. Okay, so Goosebumps graphics. I'm going to say if you're feeling nostalgic for the sense of Goosebumps in general and are just like looking for you know a quick way to read a Goosebumps story like that, they're good for that. I feel like they're fun, they're entertaining, they're really good short adaptions. They're like, what, 60 page? Not even 60 page. Yeah, yeah, like 60 page adaptions. No, not even. Hold up. Let's see. Um, they're about 30 to 40 page adaptions of the, of the stories. So they're quick, they're fast, they're really well paced, I think. And they adapt some really good stories to Goosebumps, you know. Uh, the first one, the Creepy Creatures adapts Werewolf of Fever Swamp. The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena. Well, the second one, uh, Terror Trips adapts One Day at Horrorland, Deep Trouble, A Shocker on Shock Street. And the Scary Summer one adapts um, The Horror at Camp Jelly Jam, Ghost Beach, and Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. While the fourth one, Slappy Tales of Horror, Collects three of the three of those, colorizes them, and it also includes Night of the Living Dummy. I'd say they're a good pickup for yet again. It's it's just a good pickup for the kids. If you're feeling nostalgic, and don't feel like you have the time to read a full Goosebumps book, which should only take you an hour tops, like legit, they are so fast to read. They're they're good fast readers, uh, speed readings. You know, the Goosebumps graphics is yet again just a good example of. Okay, I read it. I'm done. Game over. You know, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to continue reading this another time. Kind of thing. Um, do I recommend them? For the kids. For As an adult, I gotta say no. Yet again. It, 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 you know, when, I, when you review kids' books, you have to review them two ways. Is it good for a kid? And is it good for an adult to read to a kid or even read themselves? And I feel like Goosebumps graphics works really well for kids because it helps them visualize visualize the stories, while also just creating a really cool cool format to reread these books if they've if they've read them already. But as an adult, the art will impress you, yes. But will the story impress you? Probably not. But on the merits of just the art, I'd say they're worth a purchase. They're really good. I mean, they're no. Tim Jacobus style Goosebumps art, but they are really well drawn. I mean, Jacobus is, I mean, that, that's two different things. Jacobus does artwork for like cover stuff. This is a full graphic novel, which can't be done in that style because that would, that could kill someone if they did that. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people who do that kind of art, but damn, are they good. All right, so let's continue. We're gonna slowly, gradually, get more and more adults here. So I'm going to talk about the Simpsons Trials of Horror comics I have. I have two collected volumes. I don't have these single issues, unfortunately, as much as I would like to have them. I might pick up this year's just because, I mean, I, I don't know. I need to get better about going to the comic shop. I, I'm cheap. I don't, I mean, it's less cheap, more I'm, I'm poor. I won't lie. I, I don't have a lot of money. 
So it's hard to go to the comic shop and pick up new comics every week or month or whatever the way you collect them. Usually it's monthly, but some people collect multiple volumes, so they come out week by week. Well, not week by week, but different things come out different weeks. I used to spend a lot of money in high school for comics. But, you know, The Simpsons, Trios of Horrors, the collective volumes are pretty damn fun. They collect, well, depending on which one, collect about two to three of the of the actual comics. And they're really, they, if you enjoy The Simpsons, Trios of Horrors, these are a really good fun away that a fun adaption of stuff that hasn't yet or may never be adapted into a treehouse of horrors uh dead man's jest for instance has a house of a thousand corpses parody called the house of a thousand donuts squish thing a parody of swamp thing which is freaking funny bart simmons got a thunder that's not really a parody of anything <laughs> uh the sub-basement of Dracula, that's just a parody of House of Dracula from Marvel Comics. And The Legend of Batterface is kind of a slasher villain parody. And the Dead Man's Jest is the one I probably recommend the most. It has the most laughs, in my opinion, for, of the two volumes I collected. And also some really interesting interesting things in here. Because four of the, of the chapters, I'm just calling them chapters because they're technically stories or whatever... Four of the stories are from the same volume, and they're actually from a volume that were drawn by, or not really drawn, but are written by uh, four rock stars. That's right, four of these are written by different rock stars. The House of a Thousand Donuts is Rob Zombie's story. Yeah, that's right, Rob fucking Zombie. Legend of Batterface is a Alice Cooper one, which... It's almost a self-insert one, but it's really freaking funny. Uh, but, 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 like I said before, Bart Simmons' God of Thunder is a... Uh, Gene Simmons wrote that one. And the last one of the four, Scareway to Heaven, Pat fucking Boone wrote that one. And it's pretty damn funny. Um, I was about to say, I, I recommend this one just for that issue. Because it's freaking hilarious reading their, their, their stories for this, you know? And then there's there's another one that kind of that collects two stories. Another one is two stories that were actually based off of uh, existing comics and actually got their original writers to make it. Squish Thing is a parody of Swamp Thing, written by the creator of Swamp Thing, Len Wayne. And the sub basement of Dracula is literally uh, the Dracula series that Marv Wolfman, I believe, worked on. I know I need to do my research before this. I'm drunk, so I'm gonna make assumptions here. That he did for Marvel for the Dracula series. And then there's actually a really good parody of just my series, Tales from the Crypt. Well, technically, it's, it's, it's the comic that you originally had, you know, when you were, you know, relevant. I take offense to that. I will not accept your. <laughs> Shit. He dropped my headphones off my head and he died. That's not cool, bro. That's really not cool to take off my headphones and die. Yeah, this time he's dead. I'm sorry. Uh, but you know what? I recommend these if you like just short form, good parodies of, you know, horror, horror comics and horror. I just recommend it because, well, they're fun. And I like, I like The Simpsons. If you like The Simpsons, I recommend it. 
why aren't you reading the Simpsons comics? You're a silly Billy who needs to be reading them because they're just a lot of fun. So to continue on, let's go into the realm of actual reality with My Friend Dahmer by Durf Backdurf. My Friend Dahmer is an unled unletting, unsettling story of, well, Jeffrey Dahmer. It's, it's not about his like adulthood of when he was doing the killings. It's about his teenagehood. You know, the events that kind of, you know, of probably his happiest times. And how the author actually knew him and even had a Jeffrey Dahmer fan club. Because he was kind of an awkward teen who was trying to act up and get attention. Because, well, he wasn't getting attention at home. And it's kind of the story of how... A you know, yet again, a gay man who didn't know how to express himself in the 70s and almost expressed it in the wrong ways. And just, and a, 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 not even just a gay man, just a broken individual who just needed somebody to talk to and just was awkward, who was different. And he didn't have that kind of way to talk with anybody. My Friend Dahmer is a very unsettling and dark story. Because of what led to the events of Jeffrey Dahmer. Less of what happens in the book. It's a graphic novel, by the way. It's a beautiful graphic novel. It's it's just a very dark story. And, you know, he, he brings up a lot of stuff. Of just the whole, you know, where were the adults in this? Why wasn't anyone, you know, paying attention to this man, this boy? When he obviously had problems he was drinking constantly as at, at in high school where were the adults where were his parents in this they were just too busy focusing on themselves instead of on their their child and even the student the teachers who weren't paying attention to poor Dahmer you know it's it, it you know I I would never say I was a troubled teen but I did have my problems I would say that I was I had some Bad, I did do some bad things in high school. Not, you know, I never killed animals or, you know, assaulted anyone as far as I can think of. Sorry, I'm drunk, so I'm like, bleh. But, like, I I mean, there are a lot of times that I think back and I'm like, why didn't people talk to me about this? Why didn't the teachers and staff? Here's a story that I've told on, speaking of which, uh, that got me uh, in school suspension. My parents didn't even know I had in-school suspension for this either, by the way. They didn't even fucking know. So that's how bad the school systems can be about this shit. I wrote jokingly. And yes, I will say jokingly. Even though full well knowing that what I did was wrong. But I will still stand by what I did was a joke. It was my... Sophomore year. Yes, sophomore year. Geog geometry class. That teacher can go suck a fucking chode. She sucks so much as a teacher. I barely remember anything with geometry because of her. But I digress. She always... She she would assign us homework and be like, Okay, next subject. Here's a test. And it would just go over like the basic shit that we... It literally gave us questions from the book. She did the bare fucking minimum when it came down to fucking math. Math and shit. And... She she showed us, you know, and, and she would show us the, the basic shit. And then she would give an extra credit question of, like, 
this is really fucking hard. I hope you did the homework so you could know it. No, I didn't fucking know it, and I did do the homework. Trust me, I did. I always tried my best to do the homework with this shit. You know, not always, but for math class, I always did homework. I liked math. I don't love it. I like it. I like it enough to do the homework for it. <laughs> but she would give us a question for the extra credit that no one could fucking solve, even though we did the homework. So I decided to write a joking thing because I was listening to Ventrilo, uh, go, go look up on YouTube Ventrilo or Duke Nukem voice parody thing of like somebody literally playing the Duke Nukem soundboard on Ventrilo and being like, balls, 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 balls of steel and shit like, wait, I can do better than that. Balls of steel, balls of steel. I can't do it right now. I'm sorry. But, you know, doing that and shit. And then saying, I'm gonna rip off your head and shit down your neck. And say stuff like that, you know. It was clearly a joke on there. And I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. And I decided to write on the extra credit test, I'm gonna rip off your head and shit down your neck. Thinking it was funny as fuck. Not thinking of the repercussions because, you know, teenager doesn't think of repercussions stupid shit i'll say this yet again teenagers don't think of the repercussions and this is why we should be talking with them instead of punishing them all the time and you know i got in trouble she turned in the she showed this to you know the certain certain people and i got i i remember getting called out of the office and like getting talked to and i said i wasn't serious on that it's literally a quote from a stupid thing i heard and it's it's supposed to be a joke it's obviously she didn't take it as a joke which i you know looking back i'm like yeah i probably wouldn't have thought of that as a joke either that was stupid to say chris i think it's funny to this day but i know that it was bad and you know i wish they would have been like you need to talk to the counselor more we are going to set up appointments during certain times so you can talk to the counselor about this but no instead they just punished me and put me in in fucking in school suspension. Where you know what's the stupidest fucking thing about in school suspension? All I did was homework. I do my homework anyways. I did my homework then. I did schoolwork and shit. So I was done and bored out of my fucking mind that whole fucking time. Because guess what? I was a good student who did shit. You were punishing somebody who did stuff normally, but you should have been like Maybe we should talk to this individual individual instead of fucking punishing them. I mean, yes, I still deserved a punishment. Yes, yes. I won't say that I didn't deserve a punishment. But I deserved a fucking talking to more than a fucking punishment, you know? Maybe they, I, maybe, you know, then I would have, you know, gotten, maybe they would have been like, hey, here's someone you should be talking to out of this. Fuck schools, you know? I have a really strong opinion on that shit. Like, yes, I think... The school system does its best. They really do. But at the same time, fuck counselors. Fuck school counselors. Those are my biggest people I fucking hate. Because they just focus on the negativity and just... And not even the good negativity. They think of like the negativity of like, Oh, you're a procrastinator. You need to be working on this. Instead of the... Oh, you seem to be having problems in school. Is everything okay at home? I'm here to talk to you. 
can I be more friendly? And they need to be better about fucking talking to you. Instead of being fucking one-track minds of just like, oh, you're having problems? Get better about it. You're just lazy. Get over it. You know, fuck school counselors. I want to be a school counselor now so I can be like, I'm here to talk to you, man. Just let me help you. I want you to do better. That's what they should be doing. I want to help you be better. Not by being like, you're just lazy. And I know, I went to a school that had, you know, a good thousand students. But there were like 10 counselors. And, you know, one of them could have, should have talked to me. And I'm not trying to relate myself to Jeffrey Dahmer. No, I never had the thoughts of killing people before. I've never thought of that. But at the same time, I'm trying to relay a story along those lines of my friend Dahmer. Of like, I wish somebody would have talked to me during that time and maybe I wouldn't have made that stupid joke if someone would have been like okay Chris why did you write this besides I thought it was funny like without a doubt I did think it was funny but at the same time I don't like this teacher I think she does a terrible job I wish I could have said that I wish I could be free to say that you know I feel like she didn't teach us the stuff that's why I wrote it instead of me saying I thought it was funny I've gone way off track of my friend Dahmer go read my friend Dahmer that's all I'm going to say. I'm now a little depressed. This is probably the darkest episode of Drunken Book Club because of this. And I kind of want to like roll up into a ball and cry a little bit. Because <laughs> usually I'm a happy drunk. But I'm not really drunk right now. I'm actually very cognitive. I didn't want to get drunk this early. I'm, I'm recording this at the moment at... at it's, it's, eight, it's like 10 till 1. Or 10 till... Wait, 10 till 1? No, 10 till 2. I don't like drinking in the afternoon. Like, I like drinking late afternoon. You know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock is when I usually start recording these. I decided, I decided to record this because it was fucked up. But, you know, whatever. So, I'm taking a little bit of time. I'm going to start talking about the last book after this little depressing talk I had with, with the podcast there. I don't know why I fucking went that route. Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero. This is an interesting book, without a doubt. It, it, it's got some really funny, it, it, really funny annotations. Yeah. What, what it is, is it's the Scooby-Doo gang, but grown up, and they're fucked up in the head because something happened on their last case. Huh, this seems kind of familiar. Almost like, I don't know, a certain other person wrote this. Like, you know, for a movie called Scooby-Doo 1. Okay, it was less fucked up than that this is more fucked up story because there's an eldritch horror to it I, I don't even want to talk about it the last fucking segment fucked me up you know what i'm gonna take an actual break right now i'll be right back after these messages <laughs> chris you should put that music in there right there so i can take a break okay cut right here hey welcome back to i'm 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 what am i saying I'm not drunk, I swear. I'm feeling better now. I just needed a second to be like, okay, Chris, get out of your funk and go fucking take a pee, drink some water, slap yourself a little bit, go... And let the Crypt Keeper die. And also, Orky, make Bork Bork. He's, he's not coming back. I'm coming back! No, you're not. Yeah! Oh, you're, you voice changed. I don't like that. Sorry, I'm Borky McDorkork. I don't like these characters anymore. 
Oh no, I don't like these characters at all. <laughs> so, the last book I'm going to be talking about is Meddling Kids by Edgar Quintero. So, like I was saying before, it is kind of a parody of the Scooby-Doo gang in general. Kind of picking on the concept of what if they discovered, you know, a an eldritch horror that kind of ruined the rest of their life and that's what kind of had them split up, you know. It's not an identical one-to-one -one scale of it. They were actually young teenagers. They were like 13 when it happened. And this kind of did ruin them for the worst. You know, this is them as adults in 1990 being like, man, my life is not that good. It could have been better if we didn't do this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like fucking what? Um, can't get enough? No, that's that's not right. That's a, That's a party movie, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's like, God, I'm trying to compare it to something. Because mm, it's less like the Scooby-Doo movie where they broke up because they stopped liking each other. It's more they stopped caring about each other because of this eldritch horror that they all witnessed that one night that fucked them over. I'm trying to think of a movie or something that kind of has that kind of same, you know, we're adults now, we're kind of fucked up. What was that one movie... Where Jimmy, Jamie Kennedy woke up from the 80s after having a coma. Like, he woke up in, like, the 2000s after a coma. And I was like, what happened to you, man? You used to be Mr. Roboto. It's like that, but less shitty. <laughs> Why am I comparing a book to that shitty fucking movie? Don't ask me. Uh, but Meddling Kids is a pretty, it's a pretty interesting book. Uh, all in all, it's a pretty cool book that I would say I recommend. I recommend this one if you're a fan of Scooby-Doo and kind of want like a dark reprisal because personally I'm a big fan of Scooby-Doo. I love the Scooby-Doo movies. I love Scooby-Doo in general. Just Scooby-Doo. I like Scooby-Doo. I'm a weirdo like that. I'm one of those people who's been following Scooby-Doo forever and can't help but love it. I blame my friendship with a girl named Jasmine because she got me into Scooby-Doo. I wonder if she's into Scooby-Doo still. I'll, I'll ring her up. Beep beep boop boop boop. Hola que pasa? Don't call me at this line again, Chris. I don't like you. Oh, it's because she thought I was a juggalo in high school. No, I just dressed up as a juggalo for Halloween. Remember that. You can dress up as groups like that. You can't dress up as minorities, but you can dress up as gangs. Juggalos aren't gangs. Like a gang, a group of people. That's a gang. It's like dressing up as the Scooby-Doo gang. They're, they're gang. Time to split up, gang. Yep. Yeah, let's do that. No. But, you know, Meddling Kids is a fun little book. Well, fun little book. I wouldn't even say it's fun. It's more of a dark retelling. Not even retelling. Dark story of just these people's troubled past and them kind of getting used to themselves again. And I, for one, really liked it. I Like, I liked it, yet I didn't like it. Like, I feel like there's some things that weren't needed. The romantic subplot felt weird and tacked on. Like, I don't know. That's maybe... It, I'm not a big fan of romantic subplots to begin with. So when that gets put in there, I'm like, eh. And like, it, and it's not because it's gay. No, it is between the, you know, the Daphne Velma ones. It's not because of that at all. I'm, I mean, I am pansexual. I mean, I don't... I don't know, I'm not into lesbian porn or anything like that, so, I mean, that should put me in a good spot here of, like, woo, yeah, no, yeah, it's cool, but, like, I don't know, it felt tacked on and kind of just weird. Like, even the Valma character was like, 
I don't think I'm not gay or I'm not bi. I'm not into girls, you know. But this was 1990, so I mean, hey, she could have been down with the flick and the bean with another girl. I don't know. That's her. That's up to her. That's not me. That's her. So there, there is that whole like that. That's my big problem with it. I didn't like this romantic subplot. I feel like a lot of people love that. I felt like it was tacked on, but that's just me. Like, if it's gonna be a romance, make it a romance. Don't tack it on to my fucking story, my fucking cryptic Scooby-Doo Eldritch Horror story, which has a really good description of these gross fish monster creatures from the undergrowth. Um, but when when the book starts getting going, it, it I like the characters. They're very down-to-earth and depressing, like how good, good horror should be, or good... Yeah, good horror. Yeah, I'd say good horror. This is a good horror book. Good horror f fiction. But where? what else would I say complain about? I don't know. I, th I, th you know, I think it can be a little wordy at times. Like, he he brings up some weird shit that I'm just like, why? Okay, you could have cut that word out. You could have cut a lot of adjectives out of this book, and this would have been good. <laughs> Without a doubt on that one, you could have cut a lot of adjectives on this one in adverbs. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of adjectives and adverbs. I won't lie. I, I love descriptions and shit. But he could have definitely cut some shit in this book. And it could have been about 100 pages shorter. <laughs> That's just me, though. But, you know, I did enjoy this book. I did... I recommend it to people who are fans of Scooby-Doo's and kind of want, like, a darker... Like, not really retelling, but of, like, a futuristic storyline. Um, if you're a fan of Eldritch Horror, it's a good little book. It's not going to be everything you expect from Eldritch Horror. Like, it's not going to be, like... Ah, oh, shit! Like Zoinks, man! Cthulhu's coming to get us! Like Rinkies! Cthulhu! Like, what are you even saying, Scoob? Jinkies, gang. Or, uh, Jeepers. Uh, time to split up. Fuck. <laughs> There's my joke. But, um, you know, I recommend it. Wasn't my thing, really. Like, I liked it, but I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites. I felt like the melodrama went on for a little too much. I felt like some things could have been cut, but and other things could have been added. More horror, more monsters, less action. More action. More action. Yeah, I always could use more action. And I feel like the action parts made me go, eh. And I hate to, I hate to end it on meddling kids like that. So, hey, if you like what you heard on SoundCloud, give us a heart. It really does help people be like, oh, someone else like this? Maybe I'll like it. And leave a comment, you know, leave a comment of what books I should be reading. Like, if you tell me a book, I'll go pick it up off of eBay or whatever and be like, alright, sweet, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start reading this. Um, if you like what you heard also of just me in general, you can follow me at the underscore ruble or at SOW underscore podcast. I mostly post on the Save Speaking of Which podcast, that's kind of become my new main account. So... Yeah, expect a lot of shit posts from the from the podcast page. Uh, also, you can find us on the Facebook page. I don't use that one much. I only use it just to share the podcast, and that's it. So yeah, there's just that. You can follow. Just look up speaking of which podcast on Facebook. Um, hey, and you know, follow everyone else. You know, at Berserker Rose on Instagram and Twitter. Also, I have an Instagram. Speaking of, uh, at the underscore Instagram. Make sure to follow me there. I do post stuff 
just regular. I, I, don't, I won't make a, a podcast page for it because, yeah, I don't think the podcast needs an Instagram page. Um, and also follow voice at Voice of J Rod on Twitter, Instagram. Um, God, I'm blanking on the on the page that's professionally used. Yeah, you know the one. And J R V J R O V O is his website, right? I hope that's right. I'm sorry, Juan, if I messed that up. Follow Juan on those areas, or just look for Speaking of Which and follow everyone there. Also, make sure to follow at Force Left Hand. Durr. Yeah, DR, not DER. <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for Weese's stuff. Joe, Dylan, and the rest, they don't have stuff. Uh, but you could, you should follow Henry at Matthias Maplehoof because he's cool. Shout out to my homeboy, Henry. He needs to be on here. We need to bring Henry and Joey and them back because they're always fun. They're always fun and funny. Funny, funny, funny. Oh, I get the giggles. <laughs> and Henry, bring your boyfriend. I like that guy. Dom? Is his name Dom? I want to say it's Dom. I think my phone said that was Dom. Is that Dom? Hey, it's Dom. What up, dude? Oh, God. I'm still depressed now. Fuck, I hate middle school and high school so fucking much. Like, I don't get it. Elementary school, I had a good time. You know, maybe it's because the teachers actually listened to me and actually cared about me. But once you got into high school, when you were out of out of middle, uh, elementary, you know, you had a lot of teachers focusing on a lot of kids. And they couldn't be like, oh, this kid might need someone to talk to. I should talk to them. It was more, shit, I got a lot of kids. I don't have time to talk to you all, y'all. You know? And I feel like, I feel like we should keep, try to keep up with that on elementary standpoint, you know? Like, I legit think we should try to keep it a one-teacher system, you know? Like, it's weird to do that for, like, all the age groups. Like, that blew my mind in middle school of, like, wait, I have different teachers for different classes? I wasn't prepared for that. And, like, I feel like elementary school really fucks you over on that. And at the same time, you don't, they really don't get to know you and get to be your friends, you know? Like, I mean... I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, I do... I look back fondly on a lot of teachers more from elementary school. Because I feel like they did actually care. I feel like they had a chance to care about you. Because they got to know you. Versus in middle school. They had, like, a bunch of people they had to worry about. And, like, I only look fondly... When I look back on my middle school teachers... I only look fondly back at, like, a few. Like, I look back and think of Mr. Gaston, our 8th our grade science teacher. Because he was really funny. He was charming. He really did like to talk to some of us, you know? Even though he was kind of a weird old guy, you know? But I feel like, unless you specifically went out of your way to talk to them, they didn't give two shits. You know what the, ge the, the geography teacher from 7th grade... God damn, I can't remember her name because she actually did transfer to uh, to my high school, and she was really cool then too. She was really she was trying to get personable, but God, these fucking students were just pieces of shit. You know that's another thing with middle school. You know we're all pieces of shit. 
And then I look back on high school, and I do think back on a lot of teachers who were really cool. You know, Mr. Garby, I took his class two years in a row. Not because I failed it, but because I actually was able to find something in my junior year to get to have him again. That's how much I liked him, and it was like, I feel correct, you know? I look back on him, I look back on Mr. Um, Mr. Beeson, yet again, another English teacher. I don't maybe that's why I like writing now. It's because my English teachers in high school were so much better than my English teachers in middle school. Because they wanted you to learn and be creative. Except for my senior year one who was a piece of shit. Fucking made me feel like crap. One might, might, might disagree with me on that one because we actually had the same English teacher, but I didn't like him. He, he picked on me. Like, he legitimately picked on me for how I wrote and how I try to make more of a personal feeling about things. He just wanted by the numbers bullshit. And that's that just sucks. That just sucks when you're a teacher who just wants to do by the numbers crap like that, you know? Who just wants you to get on your way and just... Here, just read and tell me about a little bit about the book. Mm. Oh, you read Planet of the Apes? You should have read his other book, which was a non-fiction one, because I like to chuck on my own dick and be like... Fuck you. Planet of the Apes was a fucking good-ass book. Because I like sci-fi, okay? I like sci-fi and like fiction. And that, and you just had to pick on me because I freaking wanted to read that versus fucking Bridge Over Whatever. Fuck off. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in a, I'm in a bad state of mind right now. This drunken book club should have ended about five minutes ago, but like, I I want to keep talking. I want to keep talking to myself, and hopefully you all are still listening out there. I hope you guys can just give drop me a line and be like, yo, I agree. Teachers were shitheads, but some were really good. You know, the ones that were good really did care. The ones who just didn't care, they just lost it a long time ago. I fully get it, you know. I'm a manager at a, at, a, at a movie theater. I fully get the idea of feeling disenfranchised with my my subordinates. But I still find time to listen to them, to talk with them, and be like, you doing all right there? Like, what's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Is something going on at home, you know? Do you want to talk about it? You don't have to, but I'm here for you. I don't know. I'm just depressing myself some more. Draw me a line on... At the underscore report at SOW podcast underscore podcast on Twitter. I'd like to talk to people. Be good to each other. Be be well with one another. Let's let's try to be good to each other. Let's try to be better about ourselves and to each other. This I don't know. I don't know where I'm trying to get at on this. I'm I'm just sad and I want to cry right now because I've put myself in this position because of fucking my friend Dahmer. That book puts you in such a bad state of mind that makes you think of this shit of just so much negativity and it gets you down, you know? It's a good fucking graphic novel, but fuck, am I depressed now? Like, I am legitimately down in the dumps because of it. And you know what? Good books should make you have a reaction like this. Good things in general should have you have you have a reaction like this. And have you thinking and asking questions about not just the book itself, but about yourself. And make you rethink of some things. I don't know if that's really what Dirt Factor wanted me to really think about, but it got me thinking. And it's got me kind of in a stupor, but I'll, 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 I'll pick up. I'll pick up. 
I got a physical exam in a couple days. I'll see if he can recommend me a nice, nice person to talk with instead of a microphone. Because, you know, I think I could really use somebody to talk with besides my friends. Someone who can give me some professional help. Because, damn it, I'm, I'm in a... I wouldn't say I'm in a dark place, but I'm not in the best place right now. This has been one of the saddest fucking episodes of any podcast. I've, you know, I'm just, like, thinking back right now of, like, how many episodes can we really go back on and be like, wow, that was sad. That gave me a, a, an, a, an emotion that wasn't laughter, anger, or something like that. Gave, that gave me an emotion of sadness. And I can only think of the time when I had my nervous breakdown at work and, like, wrote it down. That was, like, the only time I think that I've... I've ever been like, this is a personal episode. This episode got pers- really personal. And, you know, I really would like to get more personal with this guy's stuff. But I don't think people really care. I don't think anyone's, like, going out of their way and being like, I want to hear this guy get sad and cry on the podcast. I mean, like, I, I fully would get that, you know. I think I'm going to go play some Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> I'm going to read a little bit of the... I guess I can tell you what I'm reading for next month's book club. I'm starting to read uh, Jurassic, uh, uh, The Lost World by uh, Michael Crichton, not the uh, the other sci-fi one by that other guy, yeah. I don't know what else I'm going to read. I don't really have a theme going on. I think I might cry a little bit, go cry for a while. Thanks for listening to this episode yet again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cry for a bit, yeah. I think that'll make me, I think I'm going to, I'm going to watch something that'll make me cry so it doesn't feel as bad. You know, that's, that's what you do with these kind of situations. You go and watch something that makes you cry so you can't cry normally because you're too much of a man to cry about it. Don't, men don't cry. No, fuck off. I'm going to go cry. I'm not going to go watch the Iron Giant. I'm not going to go watch Old Yeller or something like that. No, I'm going to go cry on purpose because I could really use a good cry right now and having an excuse to cry just because I watched something sad is not a good excuse I need to just go out and just let it out because that's what you do as an adult as a as an adult man you should be crying don't hold it in god fuck the past I need to be living in the future Gonna live in future. Don't live on the past. I'm your shitty inspirational song. Make sure to like and subscribe. And give us a five stars review on iTunes. I don't tell him I said that, but hey, it really does help you. Does you know? Give us, give us a review on iTunes. Five stars means a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I might do some chores. Chores chores helps clear my mind. I don't want to stop recording because I want. It feels like I'm talking to somebody right now because I'm I have I have headphones on right now, and it feels like I'm talking to someone, even though I know I'm just talking to myself. Thanks for listening this week. I really do appreciate it. You know, I say thanks for listening each week. I don't know if you guys really do believe me when I say thanks for listening, but I really do mean thanks for listening. Cause like, I I don't know. It, I just feel like it's it's really great that people actually do listen to us every week we get a good 50 to 200 listens a week and it means a lot whoever you are out there thanks 
you're more than welcome to come chat with me whenever. If you're feeling down like I am, I'm here for you as much as I, I hope you're there for me. Goodbye. Wait, no. Do, 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 do. Goodbye, horses. I'm crying over you. Goodbye, horses. I'm flying, flying, flying over you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't think that was very good, Chris, but you know what? You did your best. And that's what matters. I'm back! What oh, did you think I disappeared and died? Ooh, comic relief! <laughs> oh, Crypty. You know when not to show up. Also, I read Night, but I didn't want to talk about it so I didn't have to cry more. <laughs>